from Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's time for the Gospel Mailbox with Donnie Bryson. If you would like to contact the ministry, you may call Donnie at 423-355-3859. Write Donnie at P.O. Box 2446, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37409. Or email him at this email address, preacher at gospelmailbox.org. And now for today's lesson, here's Donnie Bryson. Welcome to another treatment of the International Sunday School Lesson. Today's lesson is entitled, John the Baptist Appears. And it's taken from Luke, the third chapter, verses 2 through 6, and then verses 15 through 18. And it's for December the 18th, 2022, winter quarter, lesson number 3. Now, a little background information. Today's story is about when John and Jesus were born and grew up. They were grown men during this time period. And it's the very beginning of their interaction. It does not appear, even though John the Baptist and Jesus Christ were cousins, it does not appear that they ever physically met. John 1 and 31 says, where John the Baptist said, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And it's important for us to understand that John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, when they grew up, there there was about a 10-hour walk between their houses where the cities where they lived. Also, too, we're not real sure how far along John the Baptist was when he went out into the wilderness. He could have went out to the wilderness when he was nothing but a teen. And so he could have been out in the wilderness during the earlier parts of their lives. Okay? Now, Luke, the third chapter, verses 2 and 3. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, a couple of things here. First off, it is true that there's only one high priest at a time. Yet, both of these people are listed here. And we know from history that Annas had been deposed. But according to most of the research, valid research that 
uh, has been done over the years, namely Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown, that Annas was actually a served as a deputy during the time that Caiaphas was the high priest. And there was a lot of money changed hands for various people to be the high priest. Things had gotten really rough during this time frame. So even though Annas was deposed, he had already paid all that money. And so he was still functioning as a deputy high priest or what is referred to as a Sagan uh, during that time period. So that's the reason why you have two of them being listed there. Now, John the Baptist receives the call during this time frame, the call of God. Now, Matthew, the 11th chapter, 9 and 11, this is what Jesus said about the office of John the Baptist. Matthew 11, 9 through 13. What then did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there was, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Now, John the Baptist was the last of the Old Testament prophets. And it's important for us to realize after the Holy Ghost was given on the day of Pentecost, because we have the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we are much more blessed than people were during the Old Testament. And John the Baptist was the greatest, was the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. Yet he did not receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost like we have the opportunity for at this time. So that is what is meant by the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Okay? Luke, the third chapter, verses 4 through 6. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, 
make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So we see here that how John the Baptist, his mission was to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are often times that we will serve on a mission to prepare the way for someone else, to make the way easier for someone else. And that work is absolutely critical. It may be, it may very well be that you are being called to prepare the way for some missionary. You may only be teaching a little children's Sunday school class at church. But one of those children that you're teaching may very well be a great missionary who goes out on the field of God and sows seed and wins many and many for the Lord. It may be that you're making their way much easier. And that work is just as important. I am often reminded of the story of the great evangelist of the last 150 years, of how that he was saved at a little Methodist church in England, how C.H. Spurgeon was saved in a little church in England in the middle of a snowstorm. And the person who was preaching the night that he got saved, it was the only sermon he ever preached. And C.H. Spurgeon was only the only person in the congregation. And the man stood up and stumbled his way through this sermon he stumbled his way through his through the sermon, and C.H. Spurgeon got saved that night. And it may very well be, and from all indication, seems that it was the only person who was ever saved by that man's ministry. But it just so happened, it happened to be C.H. Spurgeon, who won thousands of people to the Lord Jesus Christ. So even though we are doing what appears to be a very low thing, everything is important. Every work for God is important. Okay? You never can tell 
you never can tell when that one child that you tell that gospel story to, that that plants a seed and triggers them to go up to an altar someday and get saved. And it may be the story that you tell, the Sunday school story that you're telling them that day. Or the little kitty Christian song that you teach them that day. And it may trigger them to go up there and get saved. And they may become a great evangelist for the Lord Jesus Christ. You never can tell. Making the way smooth and paving the way for someone else is extremely important. Luke 3 and 15. As the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ. Now, it's important for us to realize that John the Baptist immediately let the people know that he was not the Messiah. And he did not take any kind of accolades, any type of praise and honor for himself, but pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we find in John, the third chapter, 28 and 29, you yourselves bear me witness, that's John the Baptist speaking, that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the, who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoice greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. But John the Baptist was clear that he did not deserve any of that honor, not any of that recognition. And you look at the apostles in the book of Acts, the number of times that people would try to throw honor on them and how quickly they would quickly disavow that honor and say, we're nothing more than men, no more than you. And we need to be very, very attentive of that. You remember when the big shot in the book of Acts was giving the speech? And the people in the crowd said, it's the voice of a God and not a man. And he did not disavow that. And he was struck down immediately. Be very, very attentive of that. Do not usurp any honor or glory that should be going to God Almighty. And do not assume 
any of that. Uh, there was a recent time, I'm not going to go into who it was, but there was a recent time where someone shared a message that someone had said that they were like the king of the Jews and the second coming of God. And they and did not disavow it and did not uh, step back from it. And that was terrifying to see that happen because that is exactly the spirit of the Antichrist when someone does that. They are uh, trying to assume and usurp the honor deserving of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should be very, very sensitive of that. Do not, if you are up preaching and the Lord says, go lay hands on so-and-so that I'm going to heal them and you go walk out in that congregation and you lay hands on them and they are healed, do not accept the single bit of honor or glory for yourself. Point it all to the Lord Jesus Christ because if you assume any of that honor or any of that glory, you are on extremely dangerous grounds. And if you see anybody assuming that honor or glory, following after them is extremely dangerous grounds. Okay? Now, jumping up to the 16th verse, Luke 3, 16 and 17, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water. But he who is mightier than I is coming. The strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing hand, fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into the, his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now notice how John is pointing to the mighty work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is not accepting any honor or glory for himself. John is pointing to Jesus. Everything we do in the ministry needs to be pointing to Jesus. Give Jesus the honor. Give Jesus the glory. Point people to Jesus, not to you, not to me, not to your church, but point everyone to Jesus. And let me point out a couple of things about Jesus. It is the Lord Jesus Christ that baptizes people with the Holy Ghost. And it's also to the work of Christ 
to clean that threshing floor, to get people saved. And as they get saved, their life begins to get cleaned up. Let me tell you something. The uh, initial, I believe, as all Pentecostals do, I believe that the initial baptism in the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. But it's not the most important evidence of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. That life getting cleaned up, that extra step, that extra power, that extra witnessing power after your people receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost, that's the important evidence about the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Okay? Now, Jesus said before he ascended on high in Acts 1 and 5, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Okay? Luke 3 and 18. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. So John the Baptist was out there preaching the good news. You know, Paul's talking in the book of Romans, Romans 10 and 15. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Thank God. Thank God that he sends uh, preachers out to preach his blessed word. And what a privilege it is to be called to preach the word of God. You know, if you have a Dake reference Bible, I'm not going to go into all of these uh, points that he's got in there. But if you got a Dake reference Bible, you can look up to Matthew 33 and 1. And Brother Dake lists the 30 doctrines that John the Baptist preached in his notes. And he lists those 30 doctrines. And John the Baptist preached and prepared the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he didn't duck. He didn't hide. He preached. He preached repentance. He preached people living right. And he wasn't afraid to call them out, even if they had power and authority, if they wasn't living right. Now, if you go down all 30 of those doctrines that John the Baptist preached, what you will find is that John the Baptist preached personal relationship with God. And even though the he was executed by the rulers, if you looked at what he was preaching, 
he was not preaching politics. He was preaching their personal responsibility for what evil they did in their personal life. And also, too, if you look through the entire New Testament, you will not find one incident, not the first one of any of the Lord's disciples or apostles or John the Baptist or the Lord Jesus Christ preaching politics the first time, not ever. It was all preaching people's personal relationship with the Lord God. And as followers of Jesus, we need to be doing that same exact thing, preaching personal salvation, preaching your personal responsibility, preaching people's relationship with God. The way that we're going to make a difference in this world is by getting people saved, not by changing their political parties, but getting people saved. Okay? Now, let me just give you a, conclu- a concluding thought to reiterate. It's extremely important if you are called to prepare the way for a ministry, if you are called to be a worker in a ministry, it's important for us to be obedient and not be arrogant and not trying to play big shot. Every job, every task in the kingdom is important. Okay? Well, friends, good Lord willing, I'll be back with you next weekend. You have been listening to The Gospel Mailbox with Donnie Bryson. If you would like to contact the ministry, you may call Donnie at 423-355-3859. Write Donnie at P.O. Box 2446, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37409. Or email him at this email address, preacher at thegospelmailbox.org. 